This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the program. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side, along with Terry and Cole in today for Jeffrey Liam Simpson. Apparently, uh, Cole, Jeffrey's ill. That's what I is heard. That, is that the message we're getting? Um, and that's what I would say if I didn't want to come to work yeah, at 7 that's o'clock. that's what's also. going on. It's cold and early. Yeah. So uh, we wish him the best of luck, uh, but we're glad, so glad Cole has been willing to join us today. Cole, Thank by you. the way, carries Terry or Jeff all the time through all of his other shows. So It's true. It's good to have In you. my own two hands. In your own two hands. Boy, oh boy. I'm telling you, for North Korea not, um, you know, being a terrorist country, they're causing terror in Hawaii and terror in Japan now. Um, a, a terrorist or a nuclear weapons missile launch announcement went out in Japan and uh, in Hawaii. Apparently, they're not getting the right memo. No missiles are coming, but they still make the announcement, which then terrifies a nation. It's a big deal. The guy hit the wrong button. Twice. Two different places. There's this menu and it gives you multiple options and, you know, it's Which, like me. Sometimes I'm punching out on our system here yeah, we yeah, use yeah. to keep time and punch in and punch out are at the same place. They're kind of next to each other and I hit right. the wrong button. Yeah. Sometimes I'm it's, trying to punch in and I punch out and yeah. it messes up my time. It's a common mistake. It's, it's a little different because this this mistake sends an entire country thinking that there's going to be a, an explosion right. due any second. And I feel anxiety because I just messed up my time card for the week, and I have to go yeah. through some administrative yeah. processes. I, you may not, and, I don't think you're seeing the difference. Oh. There's a difference. Okay. I mean, the, you're not that your time card's not— Yeah, it's important. It, it's just not globally that, significant. All right. Yeah. But, but it's now the, scaring the, the people. The, the guy in Hawaii yeah. that made the mistake, I watched an interview with the head of the— Hawaiian civil defense, whatever that guy is. Right. And he said he knows the person. It was not no, done it was, on purpose. It was a mistake. He's been re- that person has been reassigned to a different area. <laughs> without, and they're pending a review. to push. And no, they're not going to tell you his name because they don't want to ruin yeah. his life. By the way, the Japanese were able to very quickly fix it. Like within minutes, yeah. they'd already sent out a message saying, we're good. Sorry. Mistake. Mistake, mistake. The, 38 in, minutes in Hawaii. Hawaii was different. Hawaii, yeah, 38 minutes of yeah. people. Yeah. No, how they, how they, long does it normally take for you to realize you punched out yeah. instead of like Instantly, in? right? Mm-hmm. They knew it was a mistake, but it took 38 yeah. minutes to unwind the process. Yeah, it was hard. It's, sometimes it's hard to unwind a process. Now they're going to institute a two-person system, so the same system we have for launching ballistic missiles. Good. You have a two-key system. Yeah. And there's like a template right there they can click on immediately to send the, mm. hey, just kidding. Oh, brother. Made you look. Made you look. But by the way, then families were hiding in bathtubs, praying, There's trying video to figure of a, out. There's a father trying to put her, his daughter down a manhole. He opened a manhole oh. cover, tried to drop his daughter down in just to, I mean, when you think yeah. about, you have this kind of, in your I, in your mind, a world-ending event. Yeah. And what do you do? You try to... Save, I mean, I don't know. Right. You try to, people are hiding in closets in the basement. Cole Cole would go try to shore up his Bitcoin before, you know, tuck his Bitcoin away. (laughs) My investments. Your investments. You need to make sure they're. Those youngsters that have all this Bitcoin. I, well, now I would first check if, is this real? Yeah. 
because I wouldn't trust these systems anymore. Right. But see, this is terrorism. And that's – yeah. This is why this – North Korea doesn't even need to have a missile because yeah. there's enough fear out there that a lot of people are – the public, tr- the the public trust in that system has definitely been Maybe hurt. if all them dang kids weren't attached to their cell phones, See what they wouldn't have seen that That's there right. was going to be, right. a, you know. Because, but except for the sirens going off uh, in Hawaii. That's eh. a big deal. I, I, I've heard conflicting reports that they've been testing these sirens for several yeah. months. Also, there's two different sirens. You got to get your because there's got to be like a, yeah a tsunami siren yeah and or then, this uh, is a drill siren yeah this is a drill siren or a, this is this is the end of your life siren yeah. now when I was in Texas they had repurposed some kind of World War II civil defense air raid warning type sirens for tornado alerts oh wow and it was in a I was in an apartment it was right outside my window you could just it was right there you open the window there it's it was probably about ten feet away it was so loud. <laughs> and that's night. why you had the really inexpensive apartment. Yeah. It was like, wow, this place was cheap. Oh, that's why. That's why. So loud. But, but you would be the first one out because you would, you'd have to get out of your apartment right. to go somewhere. I don't know where you would go in a tornado. You have to go to the basement. And there wasn't one. Yeah. So, so you, you we were, were toast. Yeah. It was fun, though. Well, at least you know where you fit in the hierarchy. <laughs> at least you understand that. Well, that's crazy. Um, but, uh, you know. Again, we are in a different age of technology. It seems like some of these mistakes we could we could fix now with double, you know, now two people have to have the key. It's two-factor authentication on the ballistic missile launch. So that's Which, what they what, needed. And what could go wrong with that? Right. Except for somebody, somebody's going to get the special code, Maybe but he'll one be of in the, the shower and no one will know. What about the Maybe special they could, code? like, loop in NORAD, mm, you yeah. guys with the radar oh, that yeah. actually track this stuff constantly they would be the first to know you it seems think. like yeah it seems like they would know and then um plus if they can track santa right if they could track yeah. a missile from north korea fascinated my son by the way i bet it is he's like they track santa I go, yeah they know everything they know everything son all right well that's good news plus uh, of course uh, a pending shutdown of the government by friday eh. if they, because daca drama yeah. over the legislation for daca um, is creating major issues. Now they're saying, hey, we're not going to sign the, the government spending bills until you get something out for DACA. Yeah. So it's now a standoff. Yeah. Which it's great. Uh, it seems like that didn't work so well when the Republicans shut down the government. Mm. So I wonder if the Democrats know that message, that it didn't turn out so good for them. Yeah. Shutting down the government well, hurts people. Shutting down the government with uh, Ted Cruz reading Dr. Seuss on the Senate floor. Um, that was more. That was with the health care plan. Yeah. And with President Obama in office, he wasn't going to sign it. Right. So, okay. But in this case, the Republicans run government. Well, for now. Well, for the, at the moment, this, yeah. at, this, at this juncture. And the Democrats are like, well, it's your deal. We're saying this is what we want. You want the deal. Let's just make it happen. Make a deal. And they're not going to talk about it, they're apparently. So we'll, well see. there's got to be money in it for a wall. Well, yeah, and I other guess. things. Well, let's Super just saying. you explain stuff to us then. Let's get to the headlines with Terry South. Terry, what else should we be paying attention to? For the last few days and over the weekend, we've been dealing with this word that cannot be said. Uh, President Trump reportedly was dismissive of more than 
Haiti and African nations at the contentious immigration meeting last week, with sources cited by the Washington Post now saying that he rudely cut down the Congressional Black Caucus as well. Citing several White House officials, congressional aides, lawmakers, a report said Trump behaved erratically and combatively at the meeting last mm. Thursday, initially welcoming the bipartisan immigration pact only to unexpectedly use a disparaging comment about the specific countries and say that he doesn't care about the demands of the Congressional Black Caucus. They want oh. they wanted some of these um, Haiti and African nations included they, uh, over the last few weeks, their um, protections from natural disasters have been reversed, and they wanted some considerations for that. Right. And that's where the comment comes in that we've been hearing about from the president. Is He's like, why do we care about these countries? Ah. And uh, Senator Dick Durbin has suggested that members of the caucus would be more open to a much-needed deal if certain countries were included in the plan's proposed protections, according to the report. Now, Durbin and Lindsey Graham came to the meeting with a bipartisan agreement yeah, on how to plan. do DACA and the wall and get all this I mean, in. There would still be some people that would didn't like the idea that there might be amnesty right. connected. But. but it's about compromise. Yeah. And the president just kind of blew it all up as yeah. he makes his comments. Um, Trump, who recently declared himself not a racist over the weekend. No, no, no. The least racist person yeah. you would ever know. Right. But not a racist. Right. As I was talking to my wife, it's the same as these restaurants that say gourmet. Yeah. Right? You don't have to say gourmet if you are gourmet. Yeah. Real, if you say real, gourmet, yeah. it's like you're overcompensating, which... Okay. And then there's other there's other comparisons to the uh, Nixon, I'm not a crook. Yeah. I'm also, not a racist. I mean, I'm if you are gourmet, you probably don't talk about, uh, you know, how smart you are. You probably don't talk about the right. schools you went to. Cool. You yeah. just let your See, food do the talking. You're kind of getting this, yeah. Mm-hmm. You let your words, your actions, stem from themselves. Good. He did pick a good weekend to re-up that. Though. He did. He did Martin Luther King. He spent the day golfing. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of imaging, a lot of, uh, I don't know. It's a messaging. Well, golfing at a at an exclusive country club. Right. It was his. Um, so he made his comment, reportedly responded by saying he did not care about the group's demands and would not cater to them in making the immigration policies when it comes to the Congressional Black Caucus, okay. which is influential because yeah. there's a bunch of votes there that he would need you to need pass any votes. legislation. Right. I, I, yeah. You, you need – it's votes you need. You need to, like, not create problems so you can get votes. It's called politics. Yes. That's how it works in Washington. <laughs> it's great. Congress has until midnight Fridays. We're talking about to strike a deal on a host of thorny issues before government funding is set to run out. But talks appear to be at a standstill and a stopgap spending bill is more likely. At the heart of it, fate of nearly 800,000 undocumented immigrants. Document, our D- Democrats insist that if Republicans want their support for a spending deal, it must include a legislative fix to help DACA recipients. Republicans maintain that DACA must be dealt with separately from spending negotiations. While a bipartisan group of senators claimed to have struck a deal that would shield DACA from uh, recipients from deportation and address border security, the president, as we talked yeah. about, said, you know what. So now it's looking more and more they're just going to come up with a short-term bill, kick the can down the road for a few weeks, and then try to attack it again maybe in March. Okay. Just keep kicking that can. It's great. It's a it's a wonderful policy of government. Well, it's interesting. Don't actually address the because problem. Because it's that's how the Democrats could hold him responsible to get DACA signed. Right. Was because they needed the spending bill. Mm-hmm. But that's all kind of been blown now. So now nothing happens for about another three months. Well, I mean, what usually happens is they come down to say Thursday. 
yeah. then there's a bunch of hurried panic last second deals and maybe something happens out of that, which is good well, legislation yeah. to do or, really fast and or not under a deadline. I mean, maybe this is where the Democrats are like, no, I mean, yeah. you obviously you're in charge. Get something that works. Yeah, they run the government. So yeah. Uh, a 17-year-old girl led police to a horrific scene of a child Ugh. neglect in Southern California where dozens of her malnourished siblings were found in prison in their family home, law enforcement said on Monday. The children, ranging between 2 and 29 years old, were discovered shackled to their beds with chains and padlocks. According to this, they're just in the basement. This is in uh, Riverside, uh, California, Riverside wow. County, California. David Allen Turpin, Luis a- Anna Turpin, the apparent parents of the 13 kids, are being held on $9 million bail, each on nine felony counts of torture, 10 felony counts each of child endangerment. So they had 29-year-olds chained in the basement. But when the police mm. went in, they thought they were teenagers because of how malnourished they are and just they're that small. Right. So it's just like they, thirteen or so, and right? you see the house. It's just in a neighborhood. It's yeah. not like it's some farm land. You're out isolated, all by yourself. There's houses all over the oh, place, and the neighbors sad. are just shocked. Yeah, it's creepy. It's sad. This is yeah, the ugly underbelly of the world, right? And I'll, it just sort of popped up on the news yesterday. And one, so on? one seventeen-year-old girl got free. Took a cell phone from the house and just bolted, I guess, mm-hmm. and started and called the police, saving her family probably, right. really getting yeah. everybody taken care of. Just a crazy oh, story. Wow. And I don't know if you saw this over the weekend: a commercial jet carrying 169 people overshot an icy airstrip oh, in northern yeah. Turkey, and the the the, the airplane got uh, wedged on a cliff just feet from the Black Sea. So it was on this downward oh. cliff, just sitting there. Just kind of hanging there. All the people, all 169 were able to, or 68 were able to get off the airplane. But the airplane's just, there. I put it on our Twitter feeds and you see the photograph and they, they have drone footage oh, of wow. just the airplane just hanging on the side of just this cliff. teetering on the edge. And uh, yeah, so they said it, the four cabin crew were unharmed, the, the passengers unharmed. They were freed from the fuselage, the airline confirmed. How did they get off the teetering airplane? Well, it's not teetering. It's, it's laying just, flat oh. on an incline that's headed into the Black Sea. It's only like feet, but it's just kind of a... Did the rafts come out? I don't know. I think they just opened the door because, I mean, it was probably yeah. like maybe 10 feet to the but dirt. But you know there was still that one person that needed to take their carry-on off. Oh, yeah. Maybe somebody had a support animal. Yeah. Who knows? Like a, like one of those rain sticks from Africa. They had to carry their rain st- I need but my I, rain stick. I just got this on vacation. Come on. Wow. So they told prosecutors the plane's right engine had suddenly started to speed up during the landing process, which pushed the plane towards the sea. Oh, wow. That The pilot said he handed the controls of the plane off to his co-pilot after the plane touched down before the engine sped up, the authority said. Accounts from passengers on the plane appear to confirm the pilot's testimony. So one of the That's engines amazing. starts speeding up yeah. and spins it towards but the ocean. But everybody's had... You know, like something happened when you're driving your car, for example, and you spill your fries. And the next thing you know, you're flooring it while trying to brake, while trying to stop before the stop sign. This doesn't sound very like a common thing. You've never done that? No. How about, have you spilled your tater tots before? (sighs) Nope. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Have you ever dropped a burrito? Mm, No. See, I don't eat in my car. How about your razor kit? Have you ever, while shaving, don't, driving? Don't shave. I, I tend to try to drive the car. I've dropped my cell phone, but it was okay. It just it was uh, on the floor. How about brushing you, your teeth? Maybe? Brushing your teeth, maybe. No, how no, about no. Uh, having electrolysis done on your back hair no. while you're driving? No, and you, you've done stinks. all this. 
No. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to. I've just this is just what I've witnessed on the drive to work every <laughs> Other morning. Other people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long early drive. It's a long you early drive. Consolidate yeah. some Someone's of your morning had to get ritual. A mini spa day in uh-huh. the car next yeah. to you. Okay. All right. So you've never like Maybe had hot an avocado facial. Oh. And then all of a sudden realized, ah, I got to stop before traffic. You never had that. No, have not experienced that. But hmm. interesting. Yeah. Those are the cars you tend to stay away from. Oh, they yeah. tend to be swerving in traffic. No, I slow down and just watch. <laughs> it's so fascinating. It's it's almost as good as like a, a The Bachelor, mm. but not really. Yeah, The Bachelor. Yeah, I've been watching that. Um, Why? Well, someone in my family watches it. There are four hundred and twenty something, whatever the FX chairman of FX Network said, scripted TV shows last year. Yeah, they all need to go. 400 and you're watching The Bachelor. You could pick any of those other mm. than that show. Yeah. Just trying to build relationships. Okay. Wait, FX said that? Because the... the only one that FX plays is The Simpsons over and over No, again, I know, but so. their, their, their CEO comes out every year and, li- and just gives you a number of how mm-hmm. many scripted shows with the point of saying there's too many shows. Okay. How can possibly anyone watch any of this stuff? There's just too much to watch, right? That's true. Now, granted, he does play a lot of The Simpsons, but that's on FXX, isn't it? Oh, right, right, right. They right? Have so they move that to the no, other F- channel. Double X. F Double X, which is more of the comedy. It's channel. the bigger. I think it's the bigger size, isn't it? No. Double X. No. Okay. Um, okay. Here's it's a question for you. Find. Do you hold a sneeze, or do you let it rip? Do you hold the sneeze in? If you have to sneeze. Are we currently on live radio in this yes. hypothetical situation? Then or, I hold the sneeze. I've done life. it many a time. In life, you've got to be careful holding a sneeze. It can literally this was scary. hurt you. Like, oh. seriously. Uh, so if you're about to sneeze, even if you were in a quiet place, doctors would advise that you let it rip. Let that sneeze out. A 34-year-old man from Great Britain learned that lesson the hard way and had to spend two weeks in the hospital due to his resulting injury. That, according to a case uh, report, the cringe-inducing snap, crackle, pop when sneezing leads to cracking in the neck. I've done that. I've held a sneeze in and <laughs> now what it and says, felt a vertebrae pop. They did imaging tests on this individual. This guy. And they found that his inward sneeze punctured his uh, pharynx, which is a section of the throat behind the mouth and nose found before the esophagus and the larynx. So Mm -hmm. part of his throat tore. Yeah. And they said the crackling of popping sensation was a condition known as creptus, seemingly caused by air bubbles that had seeped into into and rubbed against the soft tissues of his neck and space between his lungs and the whole. He had caused a rupture in his... He caused like a hernia (laughs) in his... Pharynx, is that what it's called? Yeah. That no, I had to look it up because it's like larynx. In, yeah. But it's pharynx. It's the, you know, so. He done, he done popped a hole on his innards by holding the sneeze in. He was at risk for deep neck and chest infection. The man was admitted to the hospital, put on a feeding tube, antibiotics, and then somehow how do we correct his. Yeah. This guy, by the way, has been holding sneezes for nearly 30 years. But the, the doctors are now saying, no, 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 no. Explode. Let those things out of you. Etchu. Bless you. They said the doctors first examined him. They also heard crackling sounds that ran from his neck down to his rib cage. So it must like be in some, what's that called? Like, 
membrane. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. Somewhere. Think, what was the word from they his used? neck to his where? Rib cage. Ah. <laughs> Don't let just excuse yourself now and let her rip. He is Don't the hold snap, it back. crackle, pop. He's he is the human version of the Rice Krispie treat. You, you hear people hold the sneeze in and it comes back mm-hmm. in some sort of I'm type not, thing. No. no, just let it go. Just <laughs> let <laughs> wind it up. Yeah, we're so from now on on the show, I'm not even going to hit the uh, sneeze button. I'm just going to let it go. Now they're saying it's extremely rare this injury yeah right right they're caused by wayward surgery or neck trauma usually but but there have been cases caused by someone coughing uh, and you see sneezing thanks to sudden rise in uh, the pressure and all that against these uh vo- these vocal folds in the back of your throat Ugh. just let it out let it out i know you might want to you might not think it's proper you might think it's better etiquette to it's maybe uncouth. hold it in no. and maybe Red. try to minimize <laughs> just step into a separate room and let it fly <laughs> I find it very cathartic. I do too. I even like over accentuate, just make it really loud. Yeah, that's annoying. Really? Yeah, because then I then it might cause other damage to other people. Maybe we'll be startled. Maybe our pharynx yeah. will, will herniate. <laughs> it ain't pretty, folks. That's what we're trying to do is help you live this life without, you know, blowing your pharynx out. Uh, so much to cover straight ahead. Isn't it weird that uh, if you go to a store and you buy razor blades, why are the razor blades for women more expensive than the razor blades for men? Does that make sense? Should a colored scooter, a scooter that's maybe pink, be more expensive than a scooter that's blue for a little boy? We'll talk about uh, gender pricing straight ahead. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Have you gone into a store recently and checked out the prices of similar products marketed for men and women? From razors that are almost identical to children's scooters only differing in color, adult diapers, and various other products, there seems to be an inconsistency in prices. Products marketed for women or girls are priced higher than virtually identical products for men. One study estimated that the hidden costs, or pink tax as they call it, can cost women nearly $1,400 a year. So why are there products marked up for women? Uh, A few months ago, I interviewed Dr. Christine Whelan, a clinical professor in the Department of Consumer Science at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I started the interview by asking if the pink tax was just based on our economics or sexism. You know what? At its core, it it somewhat is. So I think it's a little bit, to answer your question, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of marketing. It's a little bit of sexism. There are, um, think think about it from a company's perspective first. Yeah. If you know that if you make the identical product a different color, pink as opposed to blue, that someone is going to pay more for it, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to charge more for it. All day long. Right? You're going to charge what you can charge, right? The market exactly. sets the price. It is, it is straight supply and demand. Yeah. So, um, so really my role is to help educate consumers to make the best decision about how to spend their money in keeping with their values. Mm. That's, so, that's it, because huh? it, it's, it's about information. Just be aware of it. It is. If you're aware of it, it just changes everything. Mm-hmm. So think about it. If, if you say, gosh, that pink razor is actually going to give me joy in the morning when I get in the shower, I want to look at a pink razor because <laughs> that's going to give me joy. Yeah. Well, you know what? Then it actually may be worth spending an extra 30 cents or 50 cents on the pink razor right. rather than the blue. If you say, you know what? It doesn't matter to me one bit. Then 
get the get the less expensive product. It's also a matter of how we teach our children to uh, to spend in keeping with their values. When I take my kids to buy a bicycle helmet, for example, if the pink one is significantly more expensive than the blue one or the red one, mm-hmm. I might turn to my daughter and say, "Hey, guess what? In our family." It, we, we choose to spend our money on the on the less expensive identical product, and then we'll go home and we'll decorate it. We'll there put you stickers on it. Yeah. We'll customize it so it's just perfect for you. That's see, that's how we did it. We are we had a daughter first, and then five boys. So we always knew that every hand me down would be to a boy, and we just kind of bought neutral stuff, reds, Absolutely. gender neutral. And but it's funny because then some people will go maybe a grandparent is buying their grandchild a scooter or something, and they have to have the pink one because she's a girl. And, and you know, let's get that, it. Okay. And that makes sense, right? That's it, the value. That, that, is, that is the value that the person making the purchase is placing right. on, on the color. And that's fine. It's also fine, in that case, for the, the, uh, the manufacturer to, uh, to, to charge a little more, I think. Yeah. Um, now, now the, uh, where it gets tricky is when they are charging more for um, identical products where you actually think that you do need to buy the, the women's versus the men's. Mm. So, for example, a laxative or um, any medicine uh, that is uh, geared toward both women and men. Sure. I might, as a consumer, say, gosh, I need to buy the, the women's product because I worry that the men's product may be stronger or not um, equipped for my body. It's not formulated for men. Right. <laughs> and so now they have they to are, formulate um, it. If they're t- kind of telling a little fib there. Yeah. And they're, they're, uh, they're sort of using a marketing ploy and then they're charging more. That's a problem. Mm. That, is, uh, that is not okay. Well, see, and what they would say, though, isn't it, Christine, that the company would say, but hold on, our research to create the formulation and the formula for the female version cost more money to formulate it, cost more research to do it, and more marketing to directly target the female. Thus, we charge more. Well, yes, but since when did the male become the standard of um, Exactly. Of <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. I mean, you know, women are 50 percent of the population. Well, right. They need to come up with a product that works for the population. Of exactly. Life. Well, see, and that's why you could maybe there's so there's vitamins for senior women and senior men. But there's also just vitamins for seniors. And well, you, exactly. you just you can just pick the gender neutral one. Right. And most of the time you'll probably get what you need. Unless, of course, there is a real need to, to differentiate. Right. So for me, it's really about education first and foremost, and yeah. it's about having the consumer know to look um, and, uh, and, and to, uh, to comparison shop. Because once we do that, then if people stop buying pink razors, you know what? Companies are going to stop making more That's expensive right. pink razors, or they will reduce the price of the pink razors. Right. And why can't, you know, like my wife, a lot of times, it, she'll just use my razor. Well, your razors, are, and this is, the, this, is, this is the even more This is the secret. Thing. Don't tell anyone. I'm going to tell people, <laughs> men's razors are better to begin They're with. They're way better. Yeah, I've tried to shave with my wife's, and it just cuts my legs right up. Um, is it? Is it? Here's, I guess, the deal, though. If they are also, I mean, I have a feeling that, um, like, women's clothing is more money, but then they're saying it's more money just because of the cut and the design, but they're still mass producing it, and it's not like they're, I don't know, it's... It, it really, in many cases, can't be that much more money. And in fact, well, it's actually less material, generally. 
usually. So right? why are we not? So why are we not cutting a break? It's, is it just not simply that women will pay for it? Women will pay for it, but now, but now we get into the, the double standard about whose appearance um, we, there we go. put more focus on. Yeah. And so this is, a, this is a problem. So yes, women will pay for it, but are they paying for it because they, they truly want to and it's in keeping with their values, or are they paying for it because they feel like they have to look a certain way mm-hmm. to present themselves at work in a way that um, you know, is appropriate? For the, or or that um, that uh, not, that a man will find attractive, or all of the or that you know society thinks is is au courant and feminine. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of pressures are not ones that are women are really choosing necessarily in keeping with their values, but they're paying for. And so uh, that's where it gets that's where it gets really tricky. Now I'm not sure I blame the marketers right. for the clothing for right. that. That's our larger society. Um, you know, that's that's our larger society. Well, and women so, that that means they have to buy more expensive clothes, but they have to buy. They're buying makeup. They're oh, buying sure. and the makeup itself. I use makeup just on weekends. No, I use makeup on TV all the time. And mm-hmm. when I go in to buy some makeup, it is it's an incredible sales job. And I'm like, I just need this one thing, just this one thing. Here's the number. Just go grab it. Let me get out of here. But it's fifty bucks. Oh, it's 50 bucks for this one powder so I don't shine. And think about if you had to do that every day. Yeah. I mean, hair, nails, and I mean, well, you don't have to have this stuff. True. It's totally true. But people do, and women feel like they do. And a lot of that is just gen- it's how, how we look at each other. It's how we, you know, put women on display. It's how we market. So it's how we airbrush. That we- that we talk about in uh, the Money Relationship and Equality Initiative that I direct at the University of Wisconsin at Madison is about how couples can talk about this in relationships. Mm. Because uh, you can imagine a man saying to a woman, well, why is it you spend so much money, uh, so much more money than I do on stuff? Right. You spend all this money on makeup and hair and clothes and, you know, complaining about that. Well, that leads to a larger discussion about presentation of self and values and, um, and, and what it actually means to have equality, financial equality, mm-hmm. which does not necessarily mean the same thing as spending the exact same amount. Right, right, right. And, it's, and there's this weird uh, concept I hear about high-maintenance spouses. <laughs> and I think, well, mm-hmm. high-maintenance may simply be because her haircut costs five times more than yours. Or um, because she has need of feminine products monthly. I mean, these costs aren't – it's not equal. It's not fair. Uh, men don't have to have hygiene products every month like women do. And so it's it, – the disparity, I guess, doesn't go away. And I guess part of your goal at more Money, Relationships, and Equality, um, is to educate but also, I guess, to, to help us con- have better conversations, Right. Absolutely. So what we do is um, on the on our, our website, which is more.sohi.wisc.edu, um, and maybe you can put that up on your site yeah, for we your will. listeners, because we have free workbooks. This is the wonderful part about having this be an academic initiative. It is totally a free thing. Cool. So we, yeah. We offer all of these free workbooks for couples to have conversations about money, mm. to have conversations about equality within their relationship. And, by the way, also to have conversations about valuing unpaid labor that is done within the home. Oh, I love it. 
as equal to paid labor that's done outside the home. Yeah, because <laughs> exactly. how we value – like my wife stay, is a stay-at-home mom and works harder than anyone on earth, makes more money, saves more money for us. But how do we value that and and change the discussion in the world? Mm-hmm. Because they're so undervalued and even in their own identity, they might even not always value it to the degree that we as society probably need to value it. So the website uh, for your information is if you go – if you type in more.sohe, S-O-H-E, dot whisk, dot E-D-U, you can get to her website – uh, it's at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and a f- wonderful resource there. Uh, they have free workbooks, checklists, tools, everything you need to know um, about money, relationships, and equality. Talk to us, Dr. Whelan. We were talking about this uh, pink tax with women. Um, it's not – I mean, marketing-wise, it seems, I guess, they'll justify it through the business market model. Um, in the end, though – is it is it something that women should and men I guess too should fight against? Do we fight it out? Do we and how do we push back on companies that are charging women more for basically the exact same items? I think we we certainly can fight, and the most important and effective way we can fight is with our dollars. Mm. So this is not about regulation. This is simply about choosing to spend your money differently. If you feel that the 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 pink tax is something that is not in keeping with your values. Just so, don't spend the money. Don't buy the pink. Don't buy the pink. Buy the blue. Buy the green. Buy the red. And then make a complaint. You can make a complaint. Just so they know, what, right? What, Otherwise, they'll just think men are buying more. But what's really going to uh, what's really going to move the dial is just is just spending differently. Yeah. And and to understand. I think we, we often sort of start at the idea of, of spent, uh, we should just spend our money differently. But I th- we need to take a couple steps back. And um, when we talk about relationships, there's this wonderful line, before you can say, I love you, you must first know how to say the I. Mm. That's the only way you can wish to be loved. And what that basically means is you have to understand who you are, what your values are, and your sense of self-worth before that you can get in relationship with other people. Mm. And at... at Part of the Money Relationship and Equality Initiative is asking those big questions about values and self-worth. I have a um, a book that's coming out called The Big Picture, and it is a guide for young adults on how to identify and live a purposeful, meaningful life. And you would think that has nothing to do with money, but it really does. Totally. Because when you you think about what matters to you and you are living and working toward a larger purpose, then it makes it much more clear – about whether you uh, pay extra for something that is a different color or not. Right, right. And and eventually you're going to have to work together on these resources. So having these conversations, that will help too, right? I mean, this is going to help Absolutely. us get on the same page. It is. And, you know, what we're... Couples are always going to fight uh, about money because what we're fighting about is a, a difference in resource allocation and, again, values. So fights about money are, are the worst and longest fights that people have within relationships. Uh, but that's a little bit of a, a sort of misnomer because, again, it's, it's not really about the dollars and cents. It's about what, what priorities you have. Mm-hmm. And, and so the more you can talk about those issues – and not focus on, you know, I can't believe you spent $23 on that. <laughs> right. right. No, but I had a coupon. We didn't need it in the first place. Free. Right. 
<laughs> it's so true, which is, I think, why this initiative that you're doing is so powerful. Um, because you, you, so you've been funded. You have, I guess, some grant money, and you're building this. This is a brilliant kind of approach to relationships by targeting one of the bigger issues, money, and the kind of the power inequality that goes on in relationships. Exactly, and really, it's giving giving voice to these issues. And because we are through a university, and because we're funded with grant money yeah. and um, and uh, and private donations, which has been really wonderful. We are able to engage in, in teaching and outreach so that we are giving away all, this, uh, all this, this knowledge and workbooks. And so I've written many workbooks um, and published many books that, uh, that I'm trying to sell. And it's actually really quite fun to not have to sell anything but to say, we have this material, it's out there. Yeah. And uh, please feel free to use it. It's research-based and, um, and ready for people. And what could we do, just as we kind of are winding this down, what, what are some conversations we should be having in our own marriages, with our children, in our homes, about, um, like you were saying, about just the value of uh, what we do in the home, the value of women and the value of men? So this comes back to sort of what do we, what do we care about? So if you ask, you know, even at the family dinner table, uh, one of the questions we ask every day is, is what was the best thing that happened to you today? And when you do that, you can also acknowledge the people who helped make that great thing happen. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it is the unpaid labor that is done in the home that, oh, say, allows the food to be put on the dinner table the dinner table to be set, the house to be a warm and welcoming place for the family. And to begin to acknowledge that as a family is a great way to acknowledge the importance of care work um, and also to raise the next generation to value it equally to, uh, to paid labor done outside the home. Mm. Because you can't, you, I mean, you could even bring people in to do the cleaning and the food and everything, but there's something so priceless about the creation of the feeling of home. Yes, and somebody also has to manage and organize all of that. Exactly. My used to call it invisible work. Right. And it, until I engaged in all this invisible work, I didn't understand what she was talking yeah, about. You, but now as a mother of lots of young kids myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really is. And then, and then I guess then have these other discussions. Like talk to your kids about the fact that, look, mom's shampoo costs $2 more than dad's shampoo. And it's from the same company. And then should mom be using dad's shampoo? Mm-hmm. And what happens if mom uses, but she'll smell like a man. And talk no, about really, colors, really? right? Are, is pink a color for a girl only? Is Yeah. Can, can girls wear red instead of pink? I ride a red bike instead of pink. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so I have, um, I have a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old little girl and a six-month-old boy. And we are, um, as somebody who's taught sociology of gender for many years, we are really raising them all in a fairly gender-neutral way, yeah. which means that, um, you know, that, that my little girls are uh, running around with, um, with Star Wars stuff these days, which <laughs> yeah. most little two- and four-year-olds are not, but yeah. their, their guy friends are, so they are too. <laughs> That's great. No, really. I mean, and it's a it's a different day. It's a different age, and still, too, to be able to also say this is what makes women special. This is what makes men special in their unique ways, and honor that as well. That's right, because equality does not mean that everyone is always the identical. Oh, and thank heavens, huh? What if I had to have? What if I had to be married to someone like me? Yuck. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's disgusting. Well, that's, well a story. that's actually a topic for another day, because for the most part, people do engage in what we call assortative mating. That you do actually choose pick, somebody. Pick them like you. Exactly. you. exactly. It's true, though, huh? And, yeah, values-based. Exactly. Your way. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff, Christine. We are for sure going to have you back because you've got so many other topics we'd love to, to talk about. Um, so thank you so much. Again, Dr. Christine Whalen uh, is joining us again from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And, uh, again, go to her website. Wonderful resources there. Um, just simply... Go to more.sohi.wisc.edu and check out their workbooks. I just downloaded one of them, um, and it's uh, it's already it's already uh, downloaded. I can see it. I can read it. Ah, good stuff, folks. The resources are free. They're the, they're at your fingertips. Go use them. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends. You know, um, so whether you're being overpriced or overcharged because you're a female or whether you're struggling uh, with the language of the president, it's it's a gloomy, dark, depressing time of year for many. That's but what science is saying. That's what, And is it not so, Terry? Do you not feel the know. heavy burden of the fact that the NFL is winding down? Yes, but it's so exciting to watch. It is, boy. Some of those games, by the way. Now, so apparently January 15th, which was yesterday, yeah. if you're not keeping track, is known as the most depressing day of the year. Really? A, com- a combination of factors conspire to make the third Monday of the year the single most despondent. These really? include the recognition that Christmas is really over, a realization of all the money that we spent celebrating it, and the fact that most of us are back at work. Yeah. Uh, first coined in Britain and dubbed Blue Monday, the North Northern Hemisphere, there's a uh, added misery that it's January. It's also deep, dark, midwinter. Everything's dead and gray. Mm, and yeah, yeah. So uh, the uh, there's a complex calculation that some believe proves that January fifteenth is the uh, fed up factor because you're <laughs> you get that point through the year, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is horrible. You're only fifteen days in. That's right. You're just, I mean, it's just getting started, folks. But others are convinced, like me, that it's baloney. Come on. Uh, Christmas, oh, I don't know. Is Christmas being over something? I mean, no, no but now the bill comes. Like now my neighbors, you got to pay for it. My neighbors still have lights on and they have the wreaths out and that yeah, kind of stuff. That's... And, and my wife puts it away like it's what, New Year's, uh, when does she do it? New Year's Eve? Christmas Eve? Some, yeah, somewhere just... in there, she just, all of it's gone. I the come, season I come is home, over. I come home from work, the tree's gone. It's her first day off after Christmas. So she goes back to work for a couple of days, yeah. and then she gets the Friday before New Year's. And when I'm at work, tree's gone, all the decorations gone. She rearranges the house. It's great. Wow. We get like a new house every year, well, at least the decor. So that's maybe not what depresses people. It's You've got to go back to work. It's all over. And then all of a sudden, that whole December where we've spent so much time focused on one day, I believe I brought this up, that this might cause yeah. some problems. Oh, yeah. It's why you know playing music in September yeah. for Christmas might be a little over mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you hit January 15th, and it just settles in like, oh, now it's depressing. Now I have to face January. See, uh, it's it shouldn't be this way. We sh- Because... The real blue should be the fact that it's eight degrees 
Well, yeah. Or eight below, depending on where you are in this country. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be blue because the year starts. So the, it's going to be a good year. The calculation. Um, how do I explain this? So it, you know, letters in for numbers, basically. So you have weather, debt. Uh, a big D for debt. Small D refers to monthly salary. T is the time since Christmas. Q is the period since we've broken our New Year's resolutions. Okay, yeah. M stands for motivational levels, while NA is the feeling of need to take action. Right. You have right? this compelling and need to take action. So it's they, an equation. They show the equation. W plus D minus, big D minus D, times TQ divided by M yeah. times NA so gives whatever, you your Whatever quotient. your specific numbers would yeah. be. They they say the majority of people that would come out to fifteen days into January is when you're the most depressed. Wow, that's by the way that's I had depressing. A great day they turned it into, I'm not sure into an equation. I was I telling too. you, I, I I got a a uh, universal remote. Yeah, and I it harken back to the days when you get a new cell phone. You, I've never seen you happier. And you're able to set up that cell phone. You new cell phone day for me was the greatest thing. Now we have these smartphones where everything's stored in a cloud system, right. and you just sort of log in or just reload your old phone. So you may got a, you got a new phone, but it's just your old. It's phone. It's the same old phone in a new body. Whereas before, I was you know, do we get a flip phone or do I get a candy bar phone that has like a better speaker on ah. it? Does this one have a speaker See, phone? I thought all you these were so features. happy because you had all this time, extra time with your family. Well, that was part of it. But, no, it was but the I remote. Got this multi this. Universal remote. I spent the weekend just trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to set this unit up and get the Apple TV on yeah. here and get my DVR well, set up. And, and you're somebody that doesn't take a lot of selfies or me or post memes. No. But you have a lot of memes out there with you with your new <laughs> remote. Happy uh, together. Yeah. Right. No, no the, it's, the remote and I, we went to the store. It's great. My yeah. wife looks at it. She'll just use the other remotes, she said, for the time being because she thinks the, uh, the universal remote may be a little too complicated for her. Yeah. Once you say universal, yeah. nothing's universal. It means another 50 buttons. Not even a remote is universal. See, good insight. Good yeah. insight, Terry. And uh, if you want to see more of Terry's pictures of him holding his remote, cleaning but his remote. They don't actually exist, Shining but. his – yeah, that's what he says. But look him up on Facebook. Hey, let's take a break and we'll continue the journey straight ahead. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Okay, folks, now we got to decide, do we let our kids be kids? No. Or do you you need to hold tighter reins? Well, I'm gonna, I'm apparently gonna say we need to... Some kids are morons. Buckle down. Uh, do I need a, to represent the youth here? Maybe. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know if, if you, you want can. to, but there's a thing called the Tide Pod Challenge. Yeah. Laundry detergent over the last few years have uh, gone into... It's, it's liquid detergent. It's in like a little plastic... It's concentrated into like a little... Plastic ball. A little yeah. ball. A colorful, delicious looking, now, now, squeezy, stress ballish. Like when they first came out, I looked at these things like this looks like candy. Yeah. And then you started hearing of, of little kids getting into the laundry detergent, eating it, and then getting sick. Yeah. Because it looks like candy. So then the Tide Corporation and the whole detergent industry followed. They made the, the tops of these containers more child proof. But now teenagers are eating the Tide Pods. On YouTube, so they can get likes and comments because it's uh, a thing, uh, and it makes them sick because it's laundry detergent. Yeah. It is poison. Yeah, 
This goes to the cinnamon challenge where you see kids trying to yeah. eat cinnamon and then they lose but, it. But that one's fun. Or <laughs> the one, one gallon challenge. Look that up. They're trying to chug a gallon of milk. Also uh, fun. Which will kill you if you're work. lactose intolerant. It's horrible. So kids are doing this. And Tide came out with, uh, they got Ra, uh, Rob Gronkowski, tied in from the yeah. New England Patriots, to basically say, hey, knock it off. Hey, kids. Stop eating the soap. To be fair, they did this in the most kid-friendly possible way. If, if it's teenagers doing your thing, they did post to social media with a famous athlete person with no all over the screen and yeah. very meme uh. looking way to say, hey, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. What College Humor is a website they uh, put out a video said don't eat the laundry pods in which a man downs an entire bowl full of uh, laundry pods and ends up carted off by EMTs at the end. And he goes, I don't regret it. I don't regret it in the spoof video. Just making fun of the fact this is ridiculous. Why are you eating laundry detergent? You should regret it. And But they're just pop Again. it in and see what they see what happens because, you know, kids. Maybe the parents need to just go back to the old powdery tide. Hmm? That's huh? still out hmm? there. I know. You can get that if you want to. I think it's a mess, but don't it's there. Don't get the liquid or they'll chug it. And I don't know what I would do because yesterday, doing laundry, I was just launching pods from across the room into the, into the washing Doesn't machine. Doesn't sound like you were doing much laundry if I, you were launching I pods. I had a bit of laundry done yesterday. What a man. Yeah, see? Helping out where I can. You are a very handy, handy man. So tell your kids. Poison control says drink a full glass of water or milk of the pods ingested. Do not force yourself to vomit and contact a doctor because oh, you just ate soap. And a lot of it in a concentrated form, which you, means you're going to you, have a lot of soap. You think you'd know better. <laughs> well, doing what we can to help your kids live longer and have cleaner, fresher breath. This is the Matt Townsend Show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the program. Dr. Matt here along with Cole and Terry. The gang is gathered. Jeff is uh, away playing hooky. Not to be, uh, not to throw him under the bus, but he is playing hooky. Not not to throw him under the bus, but to run the bus over him. Yeah. Uh, he was already on the ground. We just drove the bus right. over him and then weirdly backed it up and ran over him again. Right. Because this is the second hour. So uh, welcome to the program. Um, so much to cover. Today is an interesting day uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In fact, uh, we won't be having a third hour of the Matt Townsend Show because we are going to be uh, moving to an announcement um, from the from President Russell Nelson, who is currently the the head of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, one of the leadership uh, positions or groups in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, he has a special announcement that he will be making to the entire church. That announcement is believed to be the announcement of the new organization of the leadership of the church and uh, the the first presidency, they call them, which would be three apostles called to then lead the church, and then um, also uh, some um, announcement about who will be the leader of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, basically going to make an announcement to the entire church about the the new leadership, which is a big deal since President Thomas S. Monson passed away um, about two weeks ago or so. And so 
uh, the church it, it has a really strong method and structure and way that they go about announcing and and finding their and putting in um, and ordaining, I guess, or uh, sustaining their new leadership. So that will be taking place at nine o'clock today. Uh, that uh, following that at ten o'clock will be a press conference where Russell Nelson and others will be addressing the press. And then apparently, I'm hearing mm. somewhere, um, uh, Mitt Romney will then be making an announcement at eleven o'clock Mountain Time. So Mitt will happen at about eleven. One Eastern. Yeah. Eleven Mountain, one Eastern. Okay. I, that's what I'm hearing. And so what that who know I mean, I guess what everyone is assuming there is Mitt's going to be making an announcement about his running for for office. A friend apparently said or, Mitt will be running. Or does his wife have a new cookbook? Oh, maybe. Great cookbook. She's got some great recipes in that cookbook. Um but many would say she's that he's probably running. For Senate, which has got to make President Trump a little nervous with Mitt Romney being, you know, not necessarily a friend of the White House, especially yeah. on the heels of all of the talk about his uh, his his statement. Uh, I don't know the derogatory statement he made about people from Africa and Haiti, hmm. which he denies making. He didn't right. say that those words that we don't use. He didn't say that. Right. And others are supporting him. I didn't hear him say that. He may have said something, but not that. And then others are like, oh, no, he totally said that. It's like when you're, you catch your child saying a word they're not supposed to use, mm. but they keep saying it. And you're like, no, no, don't say that word. What word, Dad? This word? Then they say the word. Yeah, don't say that word. Okay, Dad, I'm not going to say. And then he says the word. It's like all we hear on the press now and throughout the media this is, is what happens when he has inserted the buzz phrase of fake news into our lexicon so effectively. Yes. Now, truth does – just the fact that did he say a single word or not right. can it, be doubted and disputed because he can just say, oh, it was fake news and say that he didn't. Didn't even say it. And then he gets a little bit of support by like the GOP members that are like, I didn't hear him say that. Right. I heard other words. No, but there, I didn't. there's an empirical fact whether or not he said it that you can't uh, get around to that. Plus, other, I mean, we this this isn't going to end. So that's why, just know that there's other things going on in the world that that might bring you more peace. I personally believe it's good to remember that your peace will never come from your president. Whatever your political agenda is, your peace can't come from politics because. Politics, they're not designed to bring peace. They actually need contention. They need dissension. They need, you know, problems. Peace also can't also come from, by the way, um, the uh, alarm system telling you if there's a nuclear attack going on. That because would be the opposite of peace. That, yep. won't, that won't bring you peace either because apparently in Hawaii and Japan, those alarm systems aren't flawless. And so now we've had two, a state in the United States and a country, Japan, that have been terrified thinking that uh, nuclear weapons are on the way. So not bringing peace. <sighs> in fact, a lot of the headlines aren't bringing peace. Crazy story out of California where um, uh, two parents apparently hold their kids – Hostage, 13-plus children, I think it was, held hostage, chained in their home from the ages of 2 to 29 years of age. 
and they all look emaciated. They look young. They look significantly younger than they really are. A 17-year-old daughter somehow frees herself from her chains, grabs a cell phone, runs from the house, calls the police in. The police come in and find the entire family. Sad, tragic, sick scenario. It really just make it just makes me ill, and um, and then you look at all of them, and they're just it's just uh, it's just sad. That is again, that's the underbelly we say and of the world. If you look at the the photographs, it's just a normal neighborhood, houses left and right and across the street. It just uh, for, this could be happening anywhere. It yeah. looks like you know and yeah. But chained, padlocked. But 13 kids and you don't see them for yeah. long periods of time? Wouldn't that throw an alarm well, bell for well, somebody or are we just I not think, paying attention at all? Now we're, I think we're to this point that, you know, people are different and they might be whatever, fundamentalists, whatevers or whatever. Okay. They belong to something. Yeah. Or you just don't know your neighbors. Yeah, part you of it might pay attention. be. No, well, even like, even if you don't know them, yeah. you're kind of watching them. But we now are to this point where... Well, you know, everyone's different, and we just well, even just it's just normal to be different. Like, the, wouldn't you be thinking, where are the don't the kids go to school, but then homeschooled? Maybe they're homeschooled. Yeah, don't you? Because you'd see them piling into a van. Yeah, there's, there was a van in the driveway and several cars. You'd see, so you'd see them piling into vans to go to church, to go shopping. I mean, kids would be hey, every once in a while you'd find a ball in the backyard. Right. So I. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that is an industrial-sized van. It's a big van. Take so I don't know. It's people at a time. It's interesting that nothing was discovered. Uh, discovered. There was any sort of like just a question from a neighbor, like, "What happened to Jimmy? Wasn't Jimmy around here last week? Where'd he go? Where did? Yeah, where did that? And I wonder if you ever. I mean, again, maybe this is the state of affairs of the world: is we be. don't know our neighbors, we don't, we don't want to ask the questions, we don't want to get in the way, we don't want to yeah. cause problems. Don't be nosy. Let your neighbor live their life, uh, I guess. See, it's great. Um, I, my neighbors, we know each other. Yeah. Even those that we don't know very well, we know enough that we're there if, you know, you're sick or needed help and bring you meals. And I have a neighbor that will come fix my water heater mm. because he, my wife will call him and say, hey – yeah, I've got a simple problem my husband can't figure out. And he's like, I'll be right there. And then he comes in, wow. saves the day. Is that how she phrases it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. In a loving way. Really? But he's stopped our house from flooding. Yeah, great guy. He's changed out our water heaters. He's what we call the man of the house. Oh, okay. He just lives down the street. Yeah. He's, that's what my wife calls him. You're he's, the you're the provider. Yeah. He's the man of the house. Some guy knocks on the door. Hey, is the man of the house here? He's like, yeah, he's next door at his house. Everyone needs to know their roles. Yeah. Once you have that established, mm-hmm. life is easy. I just, I'm the guy that maybe pays the bills and he's the man of the house. If we want something done, we check with him first. Mm. Oh man. It's good to be, it's good to be alive. So much to cover. Let's get to the rest of the headlines. Terry, what else should we be paying attention to? 61% of Republicans are satisfied with the direction of the country, the highest level of satisfaction in a decade, according to a new Gallup poll released on Monday. One in four Republicans are very satisfied with how things are going. Overall, 29% of Americans are satisfied, including 9% very satisfied. 29% of Americans. Yeah, so the total number is 29, but when it comes to Republicans, it's 61%. 
percent. So negative 10% of Democrats are satisfied? Trying to see here. Uh, one in, or seven in 10 Americans are dissatisfied. So 69% of Americans are dissatisfied. 7% of De- Democrats are satisfied. Less than 1% are very satisfied. But I wonder what they're all going to – because apparently 90% of people will have more money in their checks come February. Right. So – they probably need to be more specific. You may not be satisfied with the rhetoric coming out of the White House or whatever's going on with DACA bills or mm-hmm. calling other countries, whatever. But so, but they're probably satisfied with the fact that they got a tax break. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if most people know they got a tax break. Well, it seems like... <laughs> You'll find out in February. Yeah, you'll go, hey, Whoa. what happened to my money here? We're making more money. Or like April 16th if yeah. you're yeah. a normal person. Speaking of rhetoric out of the White House, President Trump on Sunday told a group of reporters that he's not racist. In fact, he is the least racist person you've ever, ever interviewed. But how do you make a statement like that? Because Well, he did. But I know, but you could have interviewed because they asked him, "What do you something about what do you say to people who think you're racist?" Yeah, but you could have interviewed a member from the Ku Klux Klan. No, yeah. you, you you're you're not. I mean, he doesn't know. He's the least racist person you'd ever meet. He could have interviewed the Pope. The statement, of course, follows several days of uproar in response to his comments about Haiti, El Salvador, and African nations. Yeah. Lawmakers are scrambling to pull together a spending bill this week to avoid the looming government shutdown. The hang-up, of course, immigration, and his comments didn't help the whole situation. It's kind of gummed up the works, yeah, and that's kind of dragged things down. So we'll see if we get a spending bill by Friday or they're going to shut the government down. Which is bad. Yeah. Think of all the postal workers that would be laid off or waiting for work. The entire majority of the population of Washington, D.C., right? They work for the government. That's the biggest employer there. Man. All those people get a get a right. day off. During his sermon on Sunday with Vice President Mike Pence sitting in one of the pews in front of him, Pastor Maurice Watson called President Trump's reported use of a vulgarity to describe Haiti, El Salvador, and African nations ugly and dehumanizing. Watson, a pastor of Metropolitan Baptist Church in Largo, Maryland, uh, he noted that several of his parishioners are from Africa. Watson said that he felt led by God to speak up against whoever made such a statement, and his congregants stood and applauded. WUSA-TV, who was there, said that Pence became red-faced during the sermon, and an email sent to the Associated Press Monday, his office denied that that happened. The red-faced really? part. Yeah, the okay, sermon yeah. happened, but the red-faced part. Totally. It's the red face that's embarrassing, I guess. I guess. I don't know. Uh, the death toll from last week's Montecito uh, mudslides in Southern California rose to at least 20 people Sunday. The body of the latest victim, a 30-year-old, uh, uh, was found, uh, what, Saturday afternoon. Police are still searching for at least four other people in the area. One uh, one is the two-year-old daughter of the deceased, uh. who was also in that situation. Authorities said Sunday that the chances of finding more survivors had dwindled, so they had transitioned to a recovery phase. Uh, decision not made lightly. 73 homes destroyed, 61 others damaged, 20 dead. And they're looking for four more, as I said. Um, finally, today, a yes. London-based gym company announced the discovery of a diamond that weighs 910 carats. Wow. A lot of carrots. Where'd they find it? Uh, South Africa in a mine. Sheesh. The the fifth largest gem quality diamond ever found by man at 6.4 ounces. It's uh, it's just bigger than a baseball, more than half the size of the average male human heart. 
Oh, is that how we're measuring things now? I guess. Well, they're trying to say it's about this big. So <laughs> baseball. say baseball. <laughs> about the size of a baseball. But, but not everyone I, plays I didn't baseball. understand the baseball well, analogy, yeah. so I did understand the yeah. heart. I mean, if you're a heart surgeon, Which, you'll understand. What the heart is, is it not your brain. What is a heart? About the size of your fist? Probably, yeah. But, but what uh, about the female human heart well, yes, as so, opposed to the male human right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. So the company that found the diamond claims that the gym is colorless radiant mm. and without the yellow tints or impurities that Ooh. decrease luster look at the clarity on that thing right the gemstone is found with fifth largest until today the one the previous fifth largest found in the same country there's a country called i'm going to mess this up but it's lesotho or something it's in south africa Let's it's in the so center full. of south africa yeah. it's its own country within south africa yeah it's up in the high high mountain areas yeah. they, there's a mine there and apparently it cranked because it it had the previous fifth largest diamond mm-hmm. found now it has the current and now the sixth wow the previous one weighed 603 carats mm. and sold for 12 million at auction more than a decade ago but where do you wear it well, you chop where does it up one and, wear a heart-sized diamond you chop it up and make it into you know pendants and a, drill bits and stuff. I don't know. To me, it's still a little pretentious. Really? Yeah. You put a, put a chain on that, wear it around your neck? Yeah. Is that what you do? Chain with a little, fe- like a little, like, I don't know, put some weird guard on it, All some right. protective mm-hmm. gold blingish. I'd carve it into grill. the shape of a male human heart. Oh. That way everyone can see this is, is how big actually the size my of human a heart. heart is. But like, yeah, but don't. Right yeah, but not the shape of a heart, but a real heart. A re- no, yeah. Yeah, like, like with an aorta. Looking, mm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now that would be fascinating. Would it? Mm-hmm. Actually, what you could do is empty, like, drill it out of the middle and then just pour a red fluid in it. Oh, nice. So it looks like a heart. Okay. A blood diamond. Oh, man. Not in that way. No, it's a different blood diamond. Different type, but yeah. Who knows? We don't know how the diamonds came out. Yeah, I don't know how they pulled out. that out of the ground. So, Wow. Man. I hope my wife didn't hear this. Yeah. The previous, like the biggest diamond ever found yeah. was uh, cut up, and part of it is in the uh, the royal crown of like, really? the Queen of England. Her jewelry, some of that is some of the biggest diamond ever found. Some of the parts of that were put in her jewelry. Look at you. I read that. It was like, you know, further on in the story. You read the whole article. Yeah. I got to the end and went, wow, that was a long story. It was like 400 words. (laughs) Wow. You must be exhausted. I was. Mentally Um, taxed. Talk about about exhausted. Uh, Sea lions are creating problems. Yes. So if you live in California, be careful. If you live near the San Francisco Bay, be careful. There have been four sea lion attacks in San Francisco Bay. Mm. Oh, they're cute. They sit up on the piers. I've been to San Francisco. Yeah, Yeah, until they bite your kneecap (gasps) off. No. Yeah, that's what's going on. Well, they're hungry. A lion attacked a woman at an aquatic park, a popular spot for swimming along the northern waterfront. She was swimming when a sea lion bit her on the knee Mm. then tried to drag her underwater. Not so cute anymore, is she, Cole? Apparently not. Wow. Here's sea lion. The, the woman was bleeding pretty badly, but the, luckily a paramedic was there to help her, pull her back on shore. The injury wasn't life-threatening, but you know what they've got? Bacteria. Yes. It's like a gator. Mm. Do you remember where, you know, if you've ever been eaten by a gator? Yeah, that one time. It's a large portion of our demographic yeah. that listens no, to yeah. the show. We have a lot of gator fans that have been attacked by gators. But apparently sea lion bites carries the risk of mycoplasma infection. Whoa. Also known as seal finger. I think that was a Bond movie. Is it seal finger? No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, now I'm seeing it. Whatever what he touched. 
eventually well, was, decayed and fell off. It was Goldfinger, but oh yeah. Uh, if such infections, uh, the, these infections cause bacteria that then gets in, into the system, and then eventually can, um, if left untreated, you could lose the finger or the limb. Right. So we we want to so throw that out there. Do they that, change the name of it from seal finger? Say you lose a leg. Is it leg seal leg? Is that, well, seals don't have legs. Well, no, I mean, they're calling it, they don't have fingers either. But Oh, don't they? Well, they might. Chickens do, though. Yeah. Chicken fingers? Oh, I love chicken Those fingers. Those are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're just, we just want that out there. Be careful. Don't, uh, don't play with the sea lions. Remember that video of the girl getting pulled in? Right. That was traumatic. And like her and grandpa by the way, dives in against her. Super grandpa jumps yeah. right in, risking limb, finger, risked everything, mm-hmm. and saved his granddaughter. What a guy. Like well, I, well, what's he going to do? Go, oh, I guess we'll go well, get another I'd, one. I'd call the father to get in. <laughs> get your kid get, out of the water. That is your child. You'll want to get in there. <laughs> uh, also, uh, some a little update, too. Not an update, but a little warning. Please, 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 please mm. do not put your live cat in your checked luggage. Oh, right. It common seems common like, error. People think you yeah. can do this. You think you wouldn't need to make an announcement like so this. So you carry on the cat instead? Yeah. Is Always that... carry the cat on. Got it. They make pet carrier. You can just. Yeah. Maybe store your your cat in the uh, luggage department ah, below. The but it takes a lot of it takes a lot of planning. <laughs> so a Florida couple has been charged with animal cruelty after airport security officials discovered that they had placed their six month old cat inside a piece of checked luggage at the Pennsylvania airport, according to court records. Investigators uh, say that two. By the way, twenty one year olds. Huh. Maybe they're just too young to know. Um, we're going to visit family over the holidays. And so they just decided to pack the cat in the carry-on. I mean, in the in the 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 what do you call it? Suitcase. The checked luggage, yeah. Which triggered a, an airport baggage inspection alert. There's something moving in there. Yeah. Thank heavens. Right. Who knew they, that they, they were could, that they advanced? They could have had a cat on a plane. And then the flagged bag was opened and searched by the TSA agents who discovered the kitten. Hey, wait a second. By the way, the kitten's name was Slim. Aw. Ah. Cute little Slim. Uh, the female Well, that's cat... why if, if it was chubby, he wouldn't have fit in the, the suitcase. Yeah. So Slim makes sense, right? Well, don't be rude. No, I'm just saying. If you name chubby the cat Chubby cats as are a... cats, too. <sighs> okay, you're right. I've read a meme that said that. I'm sorry. Chubby cats are cats, too. The female cat was packed alongside some clothing, but was without food and water or air. You know, three of the staples. <laughs> air? Come food, on. water, and air. So if they air. had like some canned air in there, it would have been okay? Or? Well, yeah, but the cat would have to know how to operate the canned air. Oh. Or a scuba device or whatever. Yeah, so the rule is we, we don't, uh, you don't. No cats on a plane. Yeah. Don't check your cat mm. luggage in the luggage. Bring it with you on the plane where the rest of us can enjoy it <laughs> and all of its cat dander. <sighs> so fun. See, what we're trying to do is help everybody. We can't. We can't warn you about everything, but we can warn you about a few things, and that's one of the things, keeping cats alive as they travel with us. Hey, straight ahead, we're going to be talking with a blogger about uh, what wives actually want from their husbands. It's a, it's, pretty little, uh, it's a pretty interesting little discussion coming up. Straight ahead, this is The Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Hey, uh, every chance we get, we'd love to give you some information, some ideas on what we can do to take better care of our partners. Today, we are focusing on what wives want and expect from their husbands. And who better to help us with that than Aubrey Grossen? Aubrey is a blogger um, from the blog The Mamahood and uh, is a friend as well, also a writer, and uh, most importantly, a mother and a wife. So we thought she could help us crack the code. Aubrey, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is uh, this is fun. So your blog, um, they can find it on themamahoodblog.com. Yep, that's is that right? right. And talk uh-huh. talk to us because, um, you know, we hear about mommy blogs. We hear about... Uh, um, you know, all of these different mechanisms now of, of for women, for men, for people to go find like-minded people, share their ideas, share their best practices. What got you, Aubrey, into blogging? Well, I actually start – mine's a little bit different because it's more of a community-based rather than just a blog. So a lot of it is um, through Facebook, actually. I started a Facebook group when I – after I had my baby And I was going through some postpartum stuff, and I had a bazillion questions as a new mom. And so I just thought, why not just create a group and have, you know, my closest friends and family join, and I can ask them all my questions. That's a great idea. And then it grew. So I added about 40 people, and then it just kind of became the word of mouth, and now there's over 23,000 in there. Unbelievable. You know, moms of all types, but, you know, you kind of get – all different opinions and all different kinds of support and help. And, and it really is a community, right? So it becomes uh, – it becomes you get advice, but you also you, – you get the support, the moral support from one another. Right, yeah. So they can hop on and ask any questions. We do events. We do um, service projects. We kind of just do all sorts of things with it and – we make tons of friends, and it's super fun. <laughs> That's so great. Well, we wanted your help and advice, and especially even advice from your community and your group about uh, sure. what husbands can really be doing for their wives. What is it that wives really want from their husbands? And uh, you, you've you given us, um, I guess, the best thinking of your group. Yeah, so I actually asked them this after um, I knew I was going to be talking with you. So I got a bunch of their their ideas and some ideas from myself and my my sisters and my mom and I created an acronym for all of the things that we thought would be awesome <laughs> would be helpful and you know men are kind of visual so I feel like this is this might help you remember anyone remember kind of just what what they could do to help so it's an acronym um, right it's the acronym yes. Cupid yes what you want is Cupid. <laughs> What you want is Cupid. We're thinking Valentine's, right? Right. So you will not, it's kind of cheesy, but you will not forget it because... This is good. Because it's Cupid. So the C starts with um, check your tech. This is something, I mean, and all of the things I'm going to talk about can go both ways for, for wives and husbands, but I just think it's, these are coming from the wives. Right, so, right. Um, the, so C is check your tech, and um, this is just for... Like in our family, we have a check your text jar. So from six to eight, we really try not to get on our phones and it just becomes family time. So my husband comes home and he will just, I mean, he just goes straight. I mean, he comes to me and gives me kids and then he goes just straight to our kids and he just loves on them and kind of eases the day by just coming home and wrapping his arms around them. So he kind of like on his way home, he allows himself to kind of, um, 
take a break from work and kind of <laughs> wind down. But then when he gets home, he's fully ready to just embrace the kids. And it's kind of nice to have him not be on his phone and not, you know, doing other stuff. He just comes home and embraces the kids. So Such a great idea. And part of the, and part of the goal is um, is to make sure because you could check your tech right and then go right to your television, but he checks right. his tech, goes right to you to connect, goes right to the kids to connect, and then tries to stay connected as long as he can. For sure, yeah, that's great. So we we love that. That's been a huge help for me. Um, okay, and then you is stands for understand. So it's that whole you know, seek to understand before trying to be understood. Um, And for us, for this one, we do what's called tea time, which is time, talk, and touch. We do that for about 20 minutes a day. Um, It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You can just sit on the couch and hold hands for 20 minutes and talk. And for us, it's been huge in understanding each other and being able to connect that way just because um, it's kind of like women just need emotional listening. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and two to touch, just simply you reconnect and... Yeah, it doesn't have to be formal or it doesn't have to be touch that goes anywhere. It just you can sit on right. the couch and d- touch. Yeah, yeah. So that's been huge for us. We try to do that 20 minutes a day, and we got that advice actually from his dad, and we have done that for since we've been married. So that has been a huge help. That's great. Um, I mean— So I love that personally, too, the, just because it's that emotional— well, and if you're saying you're going to get 20 minutes of time to talk, and it might be one of you needs to talk more one day than the other day, but totally. no matter what, we're yeah. just gonna we're just gonna understand. Mm-hmm. Well, and even if it's not anything serious, you can just talk about what shows you want to. I don't know. It yeah. can just be so simple, and and for some reason, that 20 minutes a day is just totally helps. That's really our good for sure. So check your tech, understand each other. What does the mm-hmm. P stand for? P stands for praise. Um, so praise her. So something we have one rule in our house, and it's just to use building words. So it is so, in my opinion, it is so easy to be critical. It is so easy to like talk before thinking and just say, have something come out of your mouth that just totally spins off into something that you didn't even mean. And so. In our family, if we use building words and we praise each other for things, or even if we have to talk about something that that isn't the most positive thing, there's still a way you can talk about it and be building towards one another instead of critical. So absolutely, that has been something we've done this year that has been huge for me just because it, it allows us to build each other up. And sometimes wives and moms just need that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like Shay will come home and say, He'll say, wow, or he'll take the kids for a day and he'll say, wow, I just do not know how you do it. And that's all I need to hear. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right. I don't know how I do it, but I'm, I'm the I bomb. I do a great job. It's so true, <laughs> though. And like you said, everybody everybody needs that. In fact, uh, um, John Gottman, uh, one of the great like researchers in marriage and family, says it takes uh, five positive words to erase one negative. And so, and so if you were, if you made it a a habit of using these building words consistently, you'd always stay ahead of that game. So we would always kind of stay in the positive side of the relationship. For sure. Yeah. I love that. It's awesome. So it's so easy to be critical, but it takes a second to actually build one another up. And once you start it, it becomes kind of a positive habit and it's, 
It's been super beneficial for us. I've loved it. I think it's great advice. Again, we're speaking with Aubrey Grossen, who is the uh, the founder, the the creator of the Mamahood page. If you can go find it on Facebook or the Mamahood blog on Twitter or the Mamahoodblog.com, um, where you can find her her blog and her website. She is a blogger with about twenty three thousand members in her community. Um, on her page, and they talk together, and she's given, she's asked them their advice. What what is the advice that what wives want from their husbands? And she's put together five basic things that they want, um, basically spelling the word Cupid. And so far, check your tech, understand each other, praise each other. Uh, what does the I stand for, Aubrey? Okay, so the I is actually the the most popular vote from the community. So really? So this one's important. This one is initiate. So looking for something that needs to be done without being asked probably was said like 10 different times. I mean, that is that was a huge one from the community of moms. Um just cuz I think they just don't want to ask. They just want they just women just really want the men to just jump in and help yeah. without even asking. So just take the initiative and look for ways to help instead of being asked or waiting to be asked because it just means so much more when you jump in and and teamwork it rather than feeling dragged into doing something you don't even want to do. Right. So take the initiative. That's and, what I and do yeah, I mean initiative would also say that you you're exerting energy instead of your wife trying to motivate you to have energy the women would rather that we yes. actually step up and use our energy. Yes, that would be wonderful. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I love that. Yes. It's it seems like <laughs> such a <laughs> it's like a foreign yeah. idea to men like, well, I mean, sure, I guess I could, but I'd rather you just ask me what <laughs> you want. <laughs> it is. It's like this foreign idea. Well, and it's just so funny because really so many women said that and it's so true. It's just I don't know if it's just a man thing? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't either. I mean, that's I. <laughs> no, and I feel that way. Like my, yeah, she, she looks at me like, you're not going to just do this. Like, you're not just going to do the dishes that need to be done. I'm like, well, I'm really good with them that way. I'm good with them just sitting in the sink. <laughs> right? Oh, it's oh, so bad of us. So just really? initiate. And I guess that could mean anything, right? Anything in the home, or it could even just be initiate, you know, the babysitter, go, you go get the babysitter, go track down the babysitter or initiate some date night. It's almost, it could be anything. For sure. And, and even just, I mean, and when I think of it, I just think if there's chaos or anything in the home going on, the husband steps in and helps fix it. I mean, it just, or if, you know, if there's something that just needs to be done, don't even question, just go for it. I mean, it (laughs) won't hurt to just Go for it and jump right in. So step up, like lead. That. Yeah. Yes. No, I like that totally. idea. That's a great one. Uh, so again, check your tech so you can connect, understand, being you know, spending time listening, praise her, use positive words, uplifting, building words, initiate, jump in when you see stuff. What is the D in uh, in Cupid? So D is to date her. So. Something that I had a friend the other day say that I loved. Instead of saying, um, I went on a date with my husband, she says, oh, I date my husband a couple times a week. But, you know, she she uses it as like a present, like I date him. Mm. We date each other. Yeah. And it's not, oh, we just went on a date. And I love that because I think 
it's so true to and it kind of changes your perspective of each other too so like even when we're hanging out at night after the kids go to bed I want to turn it to where we're dating and you know like have that little more oh what's the word just have them feel like you're they're the date still you know it doesn't matter if you're on a formal date or just hanging out at home but actually date her and treat her like you're dating her that's great Great advice. And again, the date doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be really timely. It could just be back to uh, the eye, just intentional, something that you just intentionally initiate to show you love someone. Yes. And just to have, like, I just love when my husband will just say, hey, Friday night I have plans. We're going to go do this and this and this. Like, it's kind of that back to that initiate. It's just kind of the best to have them kind of guide that out. I kind of think it's the man's job. Maybe I'm, maybe. You're old fashioned. No, but. I know, but I love it. I love it. They, when they initiate the dates, so. Well, and and it's, it does say something. They worked so hard. We all worked so hard to get you to marry us. And then it's like, once we are married, it's like, ah, now I can relax. And I no longer check my tech. I don't do any of this stuff. (laughs) I know. I know. It's hard to remember, but that's why there's Cupid, right? That's right. <laughs> and now we know Now we know what to do. So is this the kind of stuff that you talk about on your blog, Aubrey? Yeah. They're honestly, I, I, my blog is um, goes kind of parallel with the group, and I try to go off of topics that they're needing help with. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of women are asking for husband advice, um, and it's, it's hard because they – you know, they're needing that and they're needing that help. And um, so, yeah, this is something that is coming from them, what they would love. And along with my blog, I just kind of go into um, just anything motherhood. So we, we talk about a lot over there. <laughs> no, I bet. And and really, to me, it seems like such a valuable resource because um, we we need to, I guess, find a way to, to to give people a voice and to, to allow them to come in. And I think what better way to do it than a large community where we can get out almost every topic and every issue. So, Aubrey, we appreciate yeah. you. I think this is great stuff. Keep up the great Thank work. You. We'll have you back to, to pick your brain on another issue soon. Okay. And I will note just really quick that the Mollenhood Group is private, so you can't search for it, but you have to be invited, the big one. Yeah. And so if you shoot me a message on my page, themamahoodblog.com, I can invite anyone who's needing a little bit extra help. That's great. Themamahoodblog.com. Shoot Aubrey a message Uh saying, help, help me. And then 